Greetings, friends of the apocalypse. Welcome to Late Night with Scott and Jared. No. <laughs> Welcome to Podcast at Ground Zero with Anna Bob Glancy and Jared the Apocalypse Nerd Wallace for episode 37, Wizards. I don't know that I deserve the title Adam Bomb anymore since you're the one who's currently holding in possession of, oh yes, one of these things I came across. Think Geek has these because, you know, it's the... It's the geek culture marketing machine, you know, because because uh, that because that's the only thing we've won, despite uh, <laughs> d despite Aaron Vanek, uh, one of our friends, making a quote of like uh, he keeps on posting things about geek culture and how you know you got the people who are grumpy about it, and people who love it, and he's like, well, didn't we win? The only thing we won is they discovered how to market to us and sell us shit. And that's yes. The only yes. That is the only reason why we fucking matter now, because they <laughs> they've learned to be able to sell shit to us. That's you know? a really good. I'm sorry, but that's that's a good assessment. We've yeah. we are, we now uh, rate highly enough to be sold things to. I'm gonna be a real dick and suggest that's why the Mormon Church turned around on their no black people allowed ruled. They suddenly realized, hey, wait, they they have money too now. We can totally tie the shit out of them. <laughs> Let's <Wow. whoop. laughs> message message from God. You are now all invited to join the church and give up your ten percent of your income. Um, same thing. Same thing with Hollywood and, and manufacturing. Well, it's you know, and it's the it's the popular thing to do now. It's like you know, because what did all the cool kids do when we were in high school? I don't remember. Whatever they did, now this is the cool thing. So everybody's into it. So now all the people who worked hard at it are now marginalized again. Now, mind yes. you, this generation growing up, it's different because they've always been around it, whereas we had a hard time. You know, to show you how much of a hard time, go to Patton Oswalt's Twitter page, yeah. look, look through his pictures, and there's the picture of him in his fucking D&D &D club when he's like... 14 years old, he's got this big poofy jacket and glasses this big, and he's got this smile, he's holding his D&D &D book from the D&D &D club. That's where we came from. And we never, <laughs> that's where we can't, you know. Those are our roots. Never forget. They have it fucking easy now. But anyway, that has nothing to do with any of this. But anyway, so. Well, no, except that, you know, uh, wizards, our, our subject for the day, uh, comes from deep in our childhood. Yes. Um, this one is 1977, same year as Star Wars. Yep, right on the same And there's time. a number of weird connections with Star Wars. And we'll oh, well, well, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, get into, we'll get into that. Yeah, the Mark Hamill connection. But anyway, Think Geek had these things. They have these sets oh, of... We, sets totally of got off, we got totally got off topic from the bomb. Go to the bomb. We, we got off topic by going on topic. <laughs> that's, that's, that's unusual for us. Um, it's these little bombs here. They're... Metal base, plastic top, and the top comes off because it's a shot, an ounce and a half shot glass. This is how we do shots at ground zero. Very nice. Well, they're really designed for because they're weight on the bottom. They chose them like you know, I guess to do whatever those Irish car bombs where you like you drop the shot into a glass, a pint glass. Oh, yeah. They're kind of designed for that, but you know what? So they'll sink. They'll sink. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's it's um. It's metal. The bottom's metal. So yeah, if it was plastic, it wouldn't. I mean, it was a, if it was glass. Yeah. Obviously, it would drop to the bottom of the of the pint. But that's right. cool. 
It drops down to the bottom. It was a set of four. They had them on sale. I was buying some other things, and it's like, eh, all right, this will get my order up. You know, it was like under ten bucks. It was cheap. As, it was really cheap. So it's kind of cool. I got them on a little sitting on a little shelf. You know, so um, work. Yeah, good blend. So th that's that. And then I'm gonna make a cross uh, a cross promotion of uh, Dagon Industries product here. Always. Uh, got Always. It. Got the new product in. Uh, got the Drillery of the Deep Ones pendant. Let's see if we can get the focus on that. Not great. It's, it's more focusing on you. All right, let me hold on a second. Let me uh, try this again. Uh, it's still really blurry. You're much more in focus than it is. Oh, let's see if I can get it to do this. Hold on. There you oh, go. Oh, that's better. There you go. Oh, yeah. Okay, now you, that actually works a lot better. So there you go, Drew of the Deep Ones pendant, uh, made from luscious Innsmouth gold, straight from the Marsh Refinery, inch and a quarter. Just got these in. Uh, they're not up on the website yet at daygunindustries.com, but they will be in probably about a week and a half or so because I'm waiting for one more product coming in. Then I'm going to send off the whole batch to them to get them up on the website. But that'll they be are awesome. horrible. They, they look indeed um, perfectly horrible. And, of course, done by, uh, you know, Friend, friend of the mythos, uh, Heather Hudson. You yep. know, world go check, go check out um, uh, her website. I think is was it Wonder Cabinet? Uh, Wonder Cabinet Studios, I believe it is. Yes, I mean, I'm gonna look that up because I don't. I, we we should definitely shout out to her properly. So. Oh yeah, uh, or just look up Heather Hudson and it, it'll come up immediately. Oh good. You know, now I've lost my focus here. Hold on. There you go. Um, yeah, so she uh, she did the artwork on that. You know, I work with her a lot. It's a good job. StudioWonderCabinet.com. So. Studio, Studio Wonder Cabinet. So, uh, you know, she did the art on that. Another fence, another good product. We'll have that stuff up soon. Uh, the only other news-ish thing I got here mm -hmm. is um, for... Uh, for the holidays, uh, the wife got me the new uh, Xbox One. So I've mm -hmm. now... So I've now moved on to the next generation of uh, consoles. All right. Um, I don't know, I'll get into that another time. It's not, you know, they've taken too much away from being a gaming console. But once you're playing the games, it's fine. And mind you... Well, you know, I will be following you as soon as the next Fallout game becomes available. On only. X yeah, only on Xbox One. I will be moving immediately to Xbox One. But I haven't even played... Destiny, or well, and actually, Destiny is Xbox One, but I haven't played Grand Theft Auto Five. Oh no, no but, but why I want to mention it is because she also picked me up the Metro Redux, which is they did a combo pack of both games, all the content, all the you know all the downloadable content for them, uh, the expansion stuff, and they re they redid it for the Xbox One. Now, when I say they redid it, they didn't just port it. Over from the 360, they redid it, put it in a different engine because it looks. You've seen it on the 360, and it looks pretty yeah. damn good. Yeah, it's good on the 360. Oh my god, dude, it is amazing. It it's so much more colors, better graphics, more detail. Like when you find dead bodies now, there's flies around them now, <laughs> and they fly in your face. And when you get the bodies, you actually have when you hit, you just don't search them. You actually have to, you click on them, and the bodies move and fall over, and you got to search them. Uh, there's, uh, they've moved some stuff around, so it's like playing the game for the first time because it's. I played it through like twice, and it's like playing the first through the first time again because 
they added other little areas, they changed some stuff around, they made it just interesting enough to where, again, somebody who's played it tweaks my interest to where I want, like, you know what, I want to play this. So, and it looks amazing. Like, if you just did, like, a Google search for um, Xbox One to 360, Metro 2033, there's a video out, there's some videos out there that show, like, side by side, it is, like, night and day. It looks amazing. So, if anybody out there has got an Xbox One, that's uh, that's 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 a, that's an apocalyptic game worth playing, no matter what console you have. But if you got the Xbox One, definitely worth playing on there. You know, mm-hmm. picking that up because it's cheap. It's you know for the double pack, and it's like it's been out for a while, so it's cheap. You know, uh, well, relatively, it's not like full price anymore, but it's it's great. I've been like playing it like a junkie. You know, <laughs> playing through it again because I'm like, oh, because I want to see what's different and what's new. You know. Cool. Yeah, the, the creatures look better. It's like the textures, everything. It is. It looks so good. So that's about my only post-apocalyptic news. And you know, of course, the uh, you know the 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 shot glass bombs. That's about that's about all I really got for uh, this week here. Mm-hmm. You... I, I got to tell you that uh, I um, uh, I got nothing else. I got nothing new. Um, you know, my uh, the movies that I have taken a look at. Nothing. Nothing new has jumped up in the post-apocalyptic realm. Um, I'm still working my way through um, Shattered, uh, the Canadian collection. Uh, so I'll be done with that soon uh, and be able to uh, give us a book, a book report. Yeah, I gotta get my ass reading that so we could uh, re- review the damn thing, you know, proper. Yep. Now, uh, I, and actually, you know, what's funny is because. I may or may not be able to make it. I, I doubt I'm going to be able to make it to Necronomicon because it's it's too it's too hard with work, and then you know it's next year, not this year, right? It's 2000. No, it's in 2015. But what year? What date in 2015? Oh, it's uh, it's 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 like the third week in August again. Okay, good. All right. Now, mind you, Gen Con's a couple weeks earlier this time, but between that, then have to go to that, and then the film festival October. I, I, dude, I can't pull. I can't pull all that off. Well, you know, you can always. We're gonna have no trouble getting your product in front of people. Oh, I know, I know, but I want, I want to go to the freaking thing, you know. But I also want to go to the film festival because it's the 20 year anniversary, and it's just like oh, I can't, I can't do everything. Uh, but, I, but what I was gonna say is, uh, Sylvia, you know, the editor. Yes. Is it on the guest list at Necronomicon? What? Yeah. She's on the guest list because she, I guess she's done some uh, uh, Lovecraft anthologies. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say what. I thought you said she isn't on the guest list. I was like, what? Because she has. She's edited a bunch of um, uh, uh, Lovecraft and stuff, including there's an open call out for something called She Walks in Shadows, which is a collection of uh, Lovecraftian stories written by women about female protagonists. You get extra bonus points if you write it about a female who's mentioned by Lovecraft, because there's not many. Um, if you can, you know, if you can make it about that character, you you win bonus points. Um, but um, obviously, my uh, genitals got in the way of applying for that uh, job, or I would have jumped right on that bandwagon. Um, but yeah, she's she's done a number of uh, Lovecraft things. So yep, she is yeah, in the tribe. In the so tribe. So she'll be there. So she again crosses over like uh, like we do as well, you know. But uh, so anyway, so uh, like tonight we're like I said we're going to talk about the cult classic wizards, you mm-hmm. know, as they call what is it? Uh, what do they call it? An epic, uh, uh, 
I can't remember what the actual title is. They call it... Uh, it's on the posters. They call it an... Oh, epic, uh, an epic fantasy of peace and magic. There you go. Thank you. Um, here's, a, here's my copy right here, which I just rewatched. The uh, This is the... You know what? I know what I think was giving us a problem here. Let me... Uh, there you go. It's a, the Blu-ray edition, uh, which just has like a little, you know, a little extra book, and it's got the Blu-ray. It was again, it was I got it cheap, you know, I got it when I was on sale. Um, did the Blu-ray? Does the Blu-ray make much of a difference if you already have the DVD? Eh, probably not. But it, it actually, they did actually remaster pretty good, so it actually look actually looks pretty good for, again, the low budget that it was for the '70s. So. Oh yeah, it's a, it's literally a million dollar movie. Yep. That film was 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 made for a million dollars in '77. Oh yeah, and there was many a time where he asked uh, them for more money, and they said no. But hence, hence the rotoscoping. I was always curious what the origins of the rotoscoping was for the combat scenes using using bits and pieces of Patton, Alexander uh, Nevsky, El, El Cid, uh, Zulu. Yeah, I, I always wanted to know what the source that was, and it was budget. It wasn't his choice. There's some scenes. Well, do, where do we start? Because I could just go into you know, we we could just jump into the technical stuff, but let's. Let's start at the beginning, I guess. Um, what is the back? What, do we really know what's the background for Wizards? I mean, yeah, it, it, well, well, the background for Wizards is uh, the, the premise of the story. Well, real, well, really, the, a lot of the, the the underlying themes of the movie have to deal with his feelings of the rise in fascism in the '70s, uh, the forming of the state of Israel, and the Holocaust. <laughs> you know, the uh, the you know propaganda and technology. There, that, that's a lot of the that's what was a lot of the underlying themes that he had uh, in that in that movie it was really what it was a lot of it was about you know how uh, the, you know uh, the overuse of technology and so forth but and he told it in the story wrapped in um, apparently five terrorists blew up a blew up a nuclear bomb started a war that you know all full scale nuclear war and it took two million years for the radiation clouds to dissipate uh, to where uh, people could start to settle the lands again, and then I think it was more millions of years after that, the f elves and the fairy folk started to rise up, you know, come out of their slumber because they were the ancient, you know, people of Earth. They came back because man was dead. The only thing that was, the only remnants of beings left from man were the mutants, the people he mut mutated. There's no uh, true humans left. Yeah, that was my impression that the, the humanity was that the elves and the fairies are not humanity; they are the ancestors of humanity. And the things that are that are our, uh, that are the mutants are the technological descendants of humanity. You know, yeah. humans plus radiation equals mutants. Mutants. So they uh, so there's no true humans left, and it's a different age. And magic came back, and there's technology. So. Um, and uh, you know, people get into technical stuff like, well, after after all those millions of years, you know, there wouldn't be radioactive lands anymore, and blah blah blah. It's like, it's a fantasy world, okay, guys, get you know, get over it. You know, it's a fantasy world, and also they've read said I've read stuff where they say, you know, the physics of the world kind of shifted, you know, and that would make sense, you know, because if fairies and magic could come back, if magic, there's definitely a shift in the physics of the world. So maybe the radiation can last a little bit longer if there's magic in the world, okay? Yeah. So it's a Many, 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 many millennium after mankind, after the nuclear war, post Holocaust, where it's almost the world. You know, it's uh, kind of unrecognizable. You know, it's a different. It's more of a fantasy world, but there's technology because there's the two protagonists. You know, the two uh, people in the story is Avatar and Black Wolf. They're brothers. They were born from a, f a fairy queen. 
uh, polar opposites. One was good, one was evil. You know, and then uh, after many decades, the mother died, or thousands of years, hundreds of years, they split up. He lived in the Fairylands and did all the good Avatar. And a lot of people say that, uh, that he ripped off Avatar from uh, Von Bode. You know, well, he, I, I think that the I think you, I, I I really have a hard time imagining that you didn't. That he looks a lot like Cheech Wizard. He's got the hat with the star on it, and the you know, there's there's elements that are heavily ball art from. Oh yeah, yeah. There's definitely but it's not a complete copy because because uh, Cheech uh, Cheech Wizard is just basically you got, hat. A, you got a yellow hat with these two legs sticking out the bottom. That's it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and th we don't know what Cheech Wizard sounds like, but clearly Avatar sounds like uh, Peter Falk, which is which was on purpose. So, yeah. um, so they split up. Black Wolf went to the to the land of Scorch, um, lived with the mutants, ruled them, started digging up and using technology. He's waged war on the um, on the elves, you know, because he wants the land back, he wants to rule the world. You know, he dug up technology, used technology, and then eventually he's, you know, used a lot of technology, propaganda, film. He took this whole Nazi theme, you know, going on. So that's a kind of yeah. an overview. That's an overview of the world. You know, the uh, the uh, the idea that the mutant army, using, um, you know, uh, uh, commanded by the black souls of dead generals of eons past, and I, by the way. Uh, Mike Plug is that the guy's name who did the uh, the lot of the still illustrations? I believe so. Yeah. Mike Plug and uh, Ian Miller. Uh, Miller does most of the scorch. Back, yeah, back yeah. The, the the scenic background uh, imagery. Yeah, and he'd done a lot of work on Tolkien stuff before. There's a book called The Tolkien Bestiary that was out in the 70s that Ian Miller was one of the illustrators for. And he also illustrated a version of like um, Ray Bradbury's uh, Martian Chronicles, and he has this very nightmarish, yeah, um, uh, very straight-angled, geometric, uh, nasty style. That's um, uh, reminds me a little bit of Giger, except where Giger is organic, everything in Miller is you know metal and dead, and it's all you know it's all very straight lines and very straight turn. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can I can see the gig comparison. Except you know, you know, there's a lot less penises in it. You know, yeah, there's so. that. Um, <laughs> Miller, uh, Ian Miller stuff looks like um, everything in everything in Giger is organic, right? Looks like guts or organs yeah. or whatever. And nothing in Miller is organic. Everything looks like it was forged and cut on a lathe, and you know, it's very nasty. Which is good for the lands of Scorch. It's the perfect illustrations. Oh, yeah. But um, the idea that this army could not—I um, was to say that the general souls looked a lot like Frazetta's Death Dealer. In yeah. fact, it, I want to say Avatar name drops Frazetta during a spell. Yes, yes, point. he does. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there was only a he. Yeah, because uh, he like three names he dropped. There's a cop. It was like Frazetta and two other people. He, I don't uh, remember. I don't remember who the two others were, but I, I do. I recognized Frazetta in the in, out of that. But. Um, they, you know, they've got their dusted-off tanks from two million years ago, and they're they're building new ones, and uh, they have their technological war machine. Man, and it's still not enough. The, the mutant army still can't accomplish anything. Uh, what they need is inspiration. Oh yeah, because they get distracted easily, wander off. You know, they're not motivated. You know, because and they find the best motivation 
for doing bad shit that maybe has ever been put together on the planet. I mean, Nazis, yeah, and yeah. Hitler. If anyone, yes, if someone, those guys knew about motivating people to do horrible shit. They, they really did. They sure did. And pretty, pretty flags, pretty uniforms. Oh, they, 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 they look good. They, uh, they, they cleaned up nice. You know, they. Yes. Start, <laughs> yeah, they cleaned up nice. Well, that, well, that, well, that was part of their stick. Was the whole. You know, the image and the uniforms, and you know, because you make people want to join it. Oh, look at this cool clothes I can wear. Because you got to say that, you know, besides them, besides them being Nazi scum fucks, you know, they they, they dressed well. Yes, they did. Uh, and you know, yeah, you're right. It is half the sales pitch. Uh, you know, and same thing with the, the 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 music and everything. And they use the um, the raise the banner song, which is otherwise known as the horse the vessel lead. Yes, yes, uh, for for when they start the the projector that projects these 3D images of, of the Nuremberg rallies and German troops marching. All the and, propaganda films and scenes of war. You know. I gotta I gotta tell you the the thing that kind of shocked me more than I don't know it really got me more than say when they come into Black Wolf's lair and his throne is in the middle of that swastika on the floor. I mean, oh yeah, that was yeah, nice. Yeah. That was the sort of your first hint that you're like, oh. Okay, you know, and it, there's a he says as he goes past the men, he's all like, "Here's music, Hiles, hail victory," you know. Yeah, I, yeah the I don't one that I... got me was the curtain when he goes to address them, and he pulls the curtain, and it's a Nazi flag, and it parts, you know, from stepping out on the balcony. That was really that was good and creepy. That there's that the idea that there's this there's this you know he addresses the mutants as the new master race, you know. Well, I, I also don't think that necessarily. I mean, again, he was using it as an allegory, you know, uh, Botchky. But um, you know, I don't think that the character necessarily believed. When, but he, but he, but he believed in the power of it. He believed in the oh, power. Yes. He believed in the power of what it could do for him. You know, yes. I know. I don't think the character necessarily was a Nazi scum fuck. It's just like, well, you know, it motivates people and his war and hatred. That's a great idea. Let's do this. But yeah. did you? But did you also notice? Um, when they're in that chamber, when he's like playing with the skulls, and yes. then then Larry, the lizard, Larry, Larry, Master Larry has a you know, um, he you know is like when he he's telling him he's in a conversation, he's eating. There's like a pig or something or animal on a hook, and he's eating and eating and eating it. And did yeah. you notice that right right when he went away, the meat turned on the hook, and there was a Jewish star tattooed on it. Did you notice that? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it, uh, it, 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 the, the Nazi imagery worked really well in this crazy far future of mutants and magic. It, 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 it totally worked for me. Um, it's, uh, the, 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 uh, and of course right there at the beginning, the, I guess one of the other things we got to mention besides Avatar looking a bit like, people making the comparison to Cheech Wizard from Von Bode, you got to make the comparison to Cobalt. Uh, is it Cobalt 60? Is that the Cobalt, name of it? Cobalt 60, yep. Yeah. There's definitely a comparison to, between Cobalt 60 and, and Necron, Necron 99, yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it's unfair. They both have the hood with the, the eyes. The oh, yeah, shot. you always see the eyes sticking out, yeah. Yeah, now like, that's... Like, like they're wearing a burka or something, you know. Yeah, or a balaclava. And yeah. they both have the, the weaponry are similar. But um, I don't think that uh, there's... Beyond that superficial look, there's no comparison between Cobalt 60 and, and Necron 99, Black Wolf's 
chief assassin who then gets turned around and tries to free himself from Blackwater. Well, because he's a robot, but the thing is, in the world, I don't think... Now, mind you, part of this I'm taking from... And I guess I guess they kind of you know part of it I'm taking it from this because we'll talk about this a little bit because there was actually a role playing game that came out based mm-hmm. on based on this universe by uh, Wid Publications in 1992. They're the ones who also did uh, Mutazoids, which is another post apocalyptic uh, okay. game back then. So I was reading through the book a little bit, and you know, and it's some of it you know again they were extrapolating a lot in this about you know the weapons and the magic and how. Like, technology didn't necessarily, they were saying that technology didn't really work fully, but it was more like, it was more like technomancy, like, like the magic, you know, technology worked, but there was, but because of magic, you know, it was like kind of a combination, and I guess... That certainly explains how the whole of Scorch 1 does the fall of the House of Usher impersonation once the wizard who's holding it together dies and does the whole Sauron, you know... Mordor thing at the end. Yeah, because I mean, is there seen this with with Necro ninety nine? Because he created him. There was a link to him. There was a machine that kept him in touch. And then they broke the they broke the you know uh, the link. But he was always trying to take over. And then like when uh, spoiler alert, when he was uh, stabbed by uh, Princess Eleanor, that it was just it was just a close. Like there was nothing in there. It's just an empty suit, yeah. Empty suit. So I think that a lot of they alluded, you know, they extrapolated a bit uh, for the for the game, and they talked about how you know he was technology, but there was magic involved as well. I'm like, okay, I, I could see that, you know, I could yeah. see how they had to work in conjunction because technology was outlawed like millions of years ago. Like that's what they they talk about in the movie how the only natural technology is nature and ma- machinery. And technology has been banned, you know, except in the lands of Scorch. And in the church, you know, with the... Oh, the priest, all yeah. the artifacts, yeah. That was one of the more charming bits was the repeating characters who show up over and over again are these gas mask and military uniform-wearing thugs that uh, work for uh, Black Wolf. And they bring us one of everyone's favorite sequences, They Killed Fritz. They Killed Fritz! And that, and that, and that was... Uh... That was Ralph Bochke, uh saying that, by the way. Yes, that's what I understand is that Bashki does a number Bashki. of the voices. And uh, it, it'd be because he was actually saying that because that's supposed to be his kind of call out to Fritz the Cat. Because, yeah. Because apparently the guy who, at some point, somebody killed off Fritz the Cat. Robert uh, Crumb. Robert Crumb, the Robert. illustrator, has Fritz the Cat die. Has him die. So that was his, because uh, he, he originally, Ralph Boschke did a illustrated, he did an animated version of Fritz the Cat like in 72 yeah. Uh, so he so he's familiar with the work, and then he killed him off. So that was his kind of statement about killing off Fritz the Cat. Yeah, yeah. Um, so which uh, which is kind of hilarious. And he brings those guys, his stormtroopers, back for a number of vignettes, including a thing where they go to this church, and the church is sort of the, the everything we want to see in our two million years after the fall of civilization church. It's filled with like a Pepsi logo. Uh, uh, jukebox, jukebox uh, car lo- car emblems and things, and yeah, and, and the big curtain has CBS, the CBS logo on it. Yeah, behind them. Um, so that was sort of a nice, that was a nice touch. Um, the uh, uh, the the idea that you know they have to uh, go to the land of Scorch, much like going to the land of Mordor, and again, this is it's heavily influenced by 
uh, Tolkien, go to the land of Mordor and and destroy the ring, while go to the land of Scorch and destroy the the motivation machine, the 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 the, the inspiration machine that uh, 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 fills the mutants with their their you know uh, destiny mojo. to kill. Their mojo, their drive, you know. Yeah. Um. That's sort of the basic plot line behind it. While and that, while that's going on, Black Wolf and his mutant armies are blitzkrieging uh, all the elf lands. And I got to tell you, I watched it again on YouTube, and I was I was wishing that I could pause it and read the names of the kingdoms because it's that one shot of the map, you know, showing the lands of Scorch and where all the other you know countries are. And then there are these big, you know, sort of like these arrows come out of Scorch, these black arrows, much like the illustrations that were used on the TV series The World at War. Every time they go, and then the, then the Nazi forces well, marched into Belgium. And I, I always wanted to go, okay, what are the other countries, you know, it was like East Elfland and, oh, my God, the, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the map. What's the island with the volcano? Fire Island. Oh, I'm how boring. Right. Yeah, uh, there's perhaps the, the mystery was better. Now that I've learned, it's yeah. just called. Wait a minute, Fire Island isn't that in Long Island? Isn't that the big gay tourist trap in yeah. Long Island? It may be. Uh, <laughs> well, but but apparently, you know, you know, because this this map is supposed to look a little bit more like what's you know kind of you know uh, Europe. So they say like scorched uh, scorched one. And Scorch is like kind of like where Baghdad was, you know. There's East. It, it, it looks more like it looks more like Middle Earth to me. Yeah, uh, though they were saying that you know because they're trying to make the you know the forming of the state of Israel and you know the Holocaust. That's a lot of his theme behind uh, East Elfland, the desert, the Western Highlands, and Montegar. That's about yeah. all there is on the map. And that's that's they took that from the. I love how Montegar has a president and then a queen and a queen. Yeah, that's that's some that's that's one hell of a political system you kiddies got over there in Montegar. There's a president, and then when he dies, his daughter inherits the position. <laughs> yeah, like, well, we don't uh, care. We're just doing. We're making a fantasy movie. We don't care if it makes sense. Oh yeah, and that and that was one of the things. Like Necron '99 was the was uh, for those of you familiar with. Again, you saw in the front of the you know that's the famous picture of him on the uh, on his two legged two legged horse beast. And the reason why, and the reason why they made him two-legged was because it's easier to draw. So, uh, in that <laughs> yeah, a lot of choices got made like that because, again, budget. Yeah, he, well, he went. To, he went to. It said, I read that he went to 20th century and said, "I need some more money for the, for nope. the big battles," and they're like, "Nope." And there's George Lucas in the same Star room. Wars. They said no to him too, so it wasn't just. Yeah. And speaking of Star Wars, uh, Mark Hamill. Uh, did a voice in it. He actually tried for originally for uh, Weehawk, which was one of the main characters who went to uh, went to Scorched with Avatar, Eleanor, and Peace. He was a uh, an elf. He was like a chief of one of the elf, elven villages. I and, gotta point uh, out one thing about the elves on this. I just want to just just interrupt here. Are you familiar with Warp Graphics and Wendy and Ralph Peeney and their comic uh, Elf Quest from the? Yes. Okay. It started off in 1978, year after this came out, right? The year after uh, Wizards came out, and as far as I know, they're still doing Elf Quest today. It's the, been the yeah, on and off. It's been been around. 
Yeah, it has come back. It has been through Warp. There, it was their own company uh, until 2003. Uh, it was done some in Marvel, done some for DC after 2003, and after a hiatus, apparently, it's come back through Dark Horse. Has picked it up. But I always thought, you know, we're talking about, oh well, you know, there's the Von Bode connection to um, Wizards. I I always thought that the elves in Wizards were an inspiration for Wendy and Ralph Peeney's, um elves in you know Elf Quest because they're not these Tolkien, you know, tall, pretty, ethereal, immortal. They're like these. They're just bar they're barbarians. They've got you know sort of clothes stitched out of leather and chainmail and horned helmets and you know they look like they look like uh, Frank Frazetta barbarians. Yeah, is what they look like, and that definitely carries over into Wendy and Ralph Peeney's work. And I, I, considering that ElfQuest is the year after Wizards, I, I gotta wonder if that was an inspiration. I mean, I've never read anything that suggests that at all, but um, it always kind of looked like it. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. So yeah, he was originally uh, he applied uh, for Weehawks uh, voiceover uh, work uh, on Lucas's recommendation because I guess uh, Ralph and Lucas uh, were yeah they were tight they were they were buddies so he recommended uh, Hamill to come over there and like he I guess they were they were he was filming Star Wars at the time so like Lucas gave him time off to work for him and he, but he wound up uh, just doing a small part like when they go to. Uh, the fairy lands, because uh, there's the fairy, because elves have their own area, fairies have their own area, and they're enemies. Like they don't give, they they don't get along very well. Uh, he was like the the voice of the leader, uh, one of the leaders. Of the yeah, elves. the younger elf who gets uh, that giant hole blown to yeah. his chest by the bullet, since he's only this tall, the bullet doesn't do him any favors. Um, but yeah, um, uh, he, yeah, he gets greased. Uh, I want to point out that that Weehawk is voiced by an actor named Richard Romanus, who has been around for a million years um, uh, and has been you know been done all kinds of stuff. But both he and the guy who did Peace both ended up on The Sopranos. Um, really? Yes, the guy who uh, did the voice of Peace is an actor named David Proval. And I, I didn't expect it. The voice sounded a lot like the guy who did Carlton, your doorman on Rhoda, but, you know, this kind of, yeah. you know, very, you know. But uh, it's, Proval, um, did you ever watch The Sopranos? No. Okay. Uh, he was a guy who, who at one point married, uh, uh, married, he was this old-time gangster who had been in prison, who gets out and is not real good about adapting to current conditions. But he was really good and scary. But he's played a lot of goofy gangsters over the years. Like, he's one of the gangsters trying to beat up um, uh, Word Alec Yankovic in UHF. He's, he's oh, one of the, really? Okay. <laughs> he's, he's one of the gangsters uh, opposing, um, uh, what's it called, um, uh, the Phantom. You know, where Billy Zane's playing the Phantom, one of the gangsters who's uh, a minion of uh, of uh, uh, Treat Williams, um, is that guy, and he's played kind of light. You know, he did a lot of comedy gangster roles over the years, but then he played a really serious one. <laughs> he played a really serious one in The Sopranos, and it was super fucking scary. Um, but yeah, he, he's another guy who's been on all kinds of everything. Eleanor turns out to be an actress I've only seen a couple times in um, 
Rockford Files episodes. She had like three different roles in the Rockford Files. Um, well, then very, di very distinctive voice. And then there's the narrator, yeah. Susan, Susan Tyrell, who went uncredited on her request. She did not want to be associated with it because she thought it would hurt her career. But then people found out she did the narration on that, and she got a lot of work from that. And then years later, she went back to him and said, listen, I, got a lot, I wound up getting a lot of work uh, because of my work in Wizards, and I regret not having you put my name in the credits. Yeah, and she uh, she has a great voice for it. I don't know what it is. I mean, it's just maybe it it, it, it really worked for me. Um, uh, that sort of uh, breathy, um, uh, sort of uh, sad voice that she had it was really excellent. Yeah, there's this um, very there was almost like a, you know I say like a fantasy quality about it, but it it fit it it fit perfect. It's, a, you know? it's ethereal and it was sort of sad and it had sort of a, a quality of tragedy to it, and you know the. Uh, discussing the world that had been destroyed and was gone. It was she did a great job, and because of budget concerns, uh, a lot of the Will Film Wizards is still shots of of paintings with yeah. some voiceover. Every time they do uh, a a, flat, a back flash and go back to describing how we got to be in the situation, what's the origin of the mutants, what's the origin of Black Wolf, um, they would stop animating. And they'd go to these uh, uh, still pictures with a voiceover, and so the only thing that kept that shit from being boring was her voice. Yeah, she she kept you because you're like, okay, I could listen to this, you know. Well, again, it was a lot of budget. Like I said, that's where all the rotoscoping came in. You know, so they they did you know because they didn't have the budget, so they did rotoscoping of like just stock things from like Zulu, El Cid, all these movies, but they would do the rotoscoping over just making big blotchy shadowy figures, but then they would like draw also draw like horns on some of them, or Bo wings, glowing, glowing eyes, or glowing eyes to try to make them seem like more than they monsters. are. Yeah. I mean, so looking back at it and watching again, it really, I mean, I haven't watched it in a while. It really is kind of crappy. I mean, it's not the best, you know, out there. Like, but it, it shows but, its budget. How about that? It, it definitely really shows Exactly. You know, if he had a bigger budget, it would have been different. Um, but what's funny is, like, I was watching it last night on, on the TV, yeah. and, and my wife, you know, Nancy, was uh, watching it too, or she was trying to, and she's just like, this is the stupidest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> that, will, that will not be the, the last time she says that. Yeah, it's not the, presence, okay? it ain't the first, and it ain't going to be the last. <laughs> well, they can't, they can't all be the rover. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Again, some things she likes, but some things she's just like, this is the stupidest movie I've ever seen. And I'm well, like... It, it gets slow, and, you know, there, there's, some, there's some pacing problems in it uh, oh, yeah. during, during, the, uh, during the rotoscope, especially. They, have, they show that shit way too long. Oh, yeah, well, you know, he's trying to fill in some space, and, you know, uh, but part of the rotoscoping and the propaganda, if we go back to that, part of it was a little kind of, well... The reason they, they go to war again is because White Wolf is true. Uh, White Wolf. Uh, Black Wolf is... Uh, <laughs> wrong game company. All wrong right. game company. Is trying to uh, you know conquer the world. And he's had two major battles with, with the forces of the elves and the fairies. And he's failed. Like we said, because his troops are unmotivated. They wander off. So... When they're attacking again, you know, he has them motivated with the... With the um, well, before he attacks them, he has, sends out his assassins, like Necro99... To assassinate all the world leaders, because he wants to uh, demotivate the, the the people, get them confused, you know, get them uh, thinking that, oh well, the you know, like the only people, like it's like you had like the leaders, 
And then they're like, well, the people who are going to be in charge after them are second-rate boobs, and they're going to fight amongst themselves. Like, wow, that's, again, those are pretty flimsy governments if, like, like only L, le L leader is the only is the, is the highest person, and the next person down's like way down there. You know, uh, they're like I, they're I'm gonna. I'm not too sure that we're you know in the in 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 wizards. We're not exactly protecting democracy from totalitarianism. We're just protecting benevolent totalitarianism from less than benevolent yeah. totalitarianism. So this, this, is, this is not a battle for a constitutional government. No. It's kings and queens. I'm sure they won't fuck us. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. So they're uh, so they're like saying how oh by killing them off they'll wind up um, infighting, infighting and this and that. But the thing is, is like because they'll think it's it was their neighbors who did it. And I'm like, now they mentioned this in the book in the game book, and it kind of makes sense. Is like why they must really be stupid if they think that because they were all assassinated by people with. Guns and who's the only person who uses guns in this world is fucking Black Wolf and his fucking army. You know. <laughs> well, we never said they were particularly bright. I mean, yeah. Look at the look at the president. Why is he wearing a clown mask? I think I'd have shot him because <laughs> he's wearing he's wearing a, it's like Clancy. You killed the president. I I killed a clown. I killed a clown. I don't know who he was. I don't he know who you think I killed, but I killed a clown. All right, <laughs> coming right at me. So. <laughs> so so they assassinated everybody, went to war, and part of his his thing to win was showing the pro showing the propaganda. So uh but apparent apparently this this again, this movie projector can project from scorch all the way to the front. So so besides it motivating his his troops, it mesmerizes the elves. Because they're all just standing there looking like, What is all this? you know, because apparently it's Filling the skies with you know Nazis uh, marching and tanks and explosions and they all all of a sudden they're like they're so mesmerized they can't move so his troops just roll over them that's that's how he's winning the war now you know so that's why they have to destroy the machine yes which again they don't have to carry to the front I, I thought that was awesome that they didn't have to carry it to the oh, front oh yeah no it's it's like damn how do I get how do I get a movie projector like that you know? yeah exactly clearly the apocalypse wasn't last week. Um, well, again, you know, it's that, what was it, technomancy, technomancy, it's like nanites, except it's 1977, so yeah. technology will, technology plus magic equals projector that projects onto the sky. Exactly, go all the way down. <laughs> Hundreds of miles away, whatever. But, um, uh, but overall, but again, you know, that's the basic premise, and, uh, you know, we've given away a lot of spoilers, but there's some spoilers we're not going to give away, like, I'm, we're not going to... Because, you know, eventually it's a battle between two wizards, two brothers, two opposing um, forces. And, you know, of course, you know, it does come to a head, obviously. Uh, and we won't... Showdown. We will not discuss the showdown because... Oh, I wish... Nah, I, I think we got to... 1977. It's... it's. I, I don't want to spoil that. Let's leave that you're one right. little... There are some, you're right. There are some payoffs, all right? If you've suffered through this movie and you're bored to tears, you should get a payoff. And the payoff is... The showdown. The showdown. One of the most player character, role-playing game player character yeah. moments in movies where, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to leave that. We're not going to spoil that one little nugget. you you got to watch it to see it. It's got some it's got some classic lines in it. So. Yeah, and it uh, the, overall, the writing was pretty good. You know, um, overall, the, it, the, the dialogue was pretty good. Um, the voice acting was fine. 
Uh, you know, you know, I think the voice acting was very good throughout the entire movie. You know, yeah. all the main characters, the narration. He did a very good job with that. What's well, funny? To, one of the things that's funny to me is that that uh, that part of this project, according to uh, from what I've read, was Bakshi was trying to show that he could do a mainstream family film. family film. Yeah, unlike uh, Fritz the Cat. Called? Fritz the Cat, or what was that like? Um, something uh, streets like mean, not Mean Streets. That's a uh, Scorsese film. But um, uh, he had done a lot of these uh, sort of weirdly gritty, racy, earth, racy, um, racy if not racist uh, films uh, showing like inner city coonskin. Oh, coonskin! Yeah, all um, that movie. Is, I've never seen it, but just the little snippets I've seen and read about that movie's so fucking racist, dude. Yeah, it, it really. It, yeah, yeah, and and um, I agree. And so he was trying to prove that he could do. Uh, something that was, uh, and as far as racists go, it's like it's like a Coonskin's like a uh, a black exploitation seventies black exploitation version of Song of the South, except set in like Harlem or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, he wanted to prove he could do mainstream, and despite doing it, saying I can do it, despite that, there sure are a lot of cartoon nipples. In this, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. in this movie, it's like I can do mainstream with nipples. I mean, I just heavy, he couldn't quite. Heavy, heavy, heavy traffic is, I think, the other one you're thinking of. Heavy traffic. Yes, you're right. Heavy traffic. That's absolutely the one I was trying to remember. Um, so Eleanor is uh, super, uh, super comic book sexed up, as and there's just uh, tons of little naked elves all over the place. Um, yeah, Eleanor's got some. Uh... She's got some. She's got some radio dials on her. Let me tell you. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely a Frazetta. You know. She's you know, to standard Frazetta girl, uh, right to and including the point where, um, uh, boy, not not skinny. You know. Uh, definitely, definitely something with a little meat on her, like you're like 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 again, like a Frazetta. Yeah. Uh, uh, girl. Um, but. Uh, um, uh, and also about wizards, because again, we were saying how it's a cult classic. How, you know, uh, you know, well, it's got a big following, science fiction. You know, you know, the girt geek, geek nerd dork, whatever. But apparently, I now, now I posted, I, I took a picture of this and posted on my on the Twitter account. Oh my God, about a year and a half ago, mm -hmm. um, I posted a link on the event page to the, that Twitter picture. Best Buy had a display in the store, and it said, "Take home, take home the sci-fi." must-haves, Blu-ray titles today. And on that display, there was five movies, and and they were all in the little the little display unit, and Wizards was listed there. <laughs> Best Buy! Best Buy said that Wizards is a take-home sci-fi must-have. Well, if, we're, if we can't trust Best Buy, who can we trust? I mean... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what was... Uh, do you, I just had a curiosity. Do you remember what the other the other films were that might have been... What? Oh, uh, uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Okay. Uh, the, you know, the newer one. Avatar. What? Oh, Avatar. What? Avatar. Avatar. Okay. Haha, <laughs> fuck you, James Cameron. Yeah. Bakshi's film cost one three hundredth of yours. Yeah. Uh, the Terminator. Good, good call. And uh, in the picture, I can't see what the other one is all the way on the other side. I, I don't okay. know. Which, I can't see which one it was. But there's some kind of 
planets. I can't see the, the picture in the picture because the picture doesn't have the full thing. Okay. But but Terminator's on there, Avatar, and Wizards. Wizards was cost one point two million dollars. Avatar, which cost a gazillion dollars. It's like three hundred million dollars, isn't it? It's something. It's something insane. It's something gross. It's just. <laughs> man, it's just. It's, it's like really. You spent how much money on a film that was crap? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've watched Wizards more than one time, and I've never watched Avatar because I I watched it once because everybody say you have to watch this. You have to watch this. You have to. Watch. I watched it and I'm like, oh great, it's it's Fern Gully. Awesome. With updated graphics. Speaking of that, you know what? I did watch one film. It's not really a post-apocalyptic film. It has some elements of the apocalypse in it, uh, or post-apocalyptic sort of things. But it was um, it was uh, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, which they're desperately trying to pretend is called Live, Die, Repeat. But I finally threw that in with Tom Cruise. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that too. It didn't. It didn't suck. I mean, I enjoyed seeing Tom Cruise die over and over again. That was. Fun. Oh well, well, who wouldn't? Yeah. And I'm sure I can, if I wanted to really think about it, I can start poking holes in their time travel reset thing. But it still works. Well, the time travel reset thing worked until the very end. Because then it got all all modeled. Yeah, modeled. Like, uh, how, okay, I've seen enough time travel shit to, to kind of be able to suspend disbelief to make it work. It didn't work for me. Anyway, that's an, that's a, that's for another topic. But um, but yeah, if they if they yes, uh, we'll, we'll we'll grave about that at a later date. But uh, a lot of the film was really good. Most of it. Yeah, 90, yeah, we Ninety five percent of it was good. Yeah, we rented it. wasn't wasn't bad. It was. I was like, I was like, okay, this is fairly decent. But anyway, so Wizards was on there. I just wanted to point that it was on a sci fi must have. Um, like I said, I did post that picture on the uh, well, the link to the picture for the Twitter account. I one of the other connections to Star Wars that apparently Lucas asked Bakshi if he could the name, yeah, because the name was originally supposed to be War Wizards. Yeah. Um, so there you go. There's weird, two weird connections. They both came out of 20th Century Fox at almost the same time. Um, and I want to say I saw. I want to say that as a kid I saw Wizards first. Uh, I'm not sure of the exact release date, but I always I always sort of remember that I saw Wizards first before I saw Star Wars. Um, and yeah, you know, at age eleven or whatever, I, co- I quickly hey. blanked out everything I'd seen in my life after before Star Wars. <laughs> once that movie came out. Well, and, and and Wizards was rated PG, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's there's some cursing. But it was still PG. Yeah, and uh, there's some uh, some decent gore. But this uh, was but this was before PG thirteen. So yeah, we have what is it uh, Temple of Doom to thank for PG thirteen? Probably. Yeah. Well, well, actually, we don't have to, we don't have to, have to thank Temple Doom for anything because that <laughs> movie. Uh, but uh, no, but, also, but 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 we do have but we do have Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull to thank for making Temple of Doom look good. Yeah, Temple of Doom. Uh, Crystal Skull makes Temple of Doom like you know I can't. I used to have this uh, Jaws analogy, but I don't remember how it worked anymore. It was like Jaws analogy. Yeah, it was. I had, I'd seen it somewhere. They're talking about something that was bad. It's like this film made Jaws four, five look like Jaws two or something weird like that. I can't remember. <laughs> like it, or I can't remember what it was. Oh, that's that is ow. Yeah, it was something weird like that. But also related to Wizards was um. Back at the beginning of the year, um, he was doing this thing where he did this limited edition 
Necro 99 statue. Oh, yeah, like, how'd that turn out? Did you pick up one of those? No, dude, it was too expensive. It was like, um, it was it was limited to 15. He was selling them on his eBay store. They were hand, all hand done, all hand cast. Um, it was like, it was like a, it was a big figure, too. It was like a foot tall or something. They were like $375. I really, I really debated this. I'm like, do I want to spend this money? Do I not want to spend this money? It was a hard decision, but I had to say no, because I'm like, it's too much money. And he said that later on in the year, they were going to do a more economical size version for like about $100 to $150. I, I did some searching on his site. and everything. I haven't seen anything about it yet. That's too bad. Because I would love to buy you know, a Necron 99 statue, you know. Oh, it'll... well, you know, I'm such a, uh, I'm such a terrible uh, miniatures nerd. If you look over my shoulder, you can see my desk that I paint my, my minis on. Uh, and the thing, one of the things that I ran across recently is, like, there's a company out of England called The Foundry that does all these Judge Dread miniatures. So you can oh, have, yes, like, yes. You can have all, oh, you're so Judge and Judge Death and Judge, you know. Um, Did you uh, pick some of those up? I have not. I, I, I considered for a Christmas present getting you some Judge Dread miniatures and painting them and sending them to you in a display case because we just we just did that for some Lebowski miniatures, uh, Jane and I. But um, the um, uh, the um, the thing I, I would pay money for a Necron ninety nine mini. Holy well, crap! There was a well, well, well. There's a there apparently there's a model kit that was out there for a while that people have. Um, I said I'm gonna to, I'm gonna like post on his page or something. It's like so. What happened to the smaller, cheaper versions of this more mass-produced versions of the statues? Because I would because if it's like 100 to 150 bucks, as long as it wasn't like two inches tall, I would pick one up for sure. You know, it does kind of blow my mind that Necron 99 is so iconic. He is. Um, well, he's on the freaking poster. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, exactly. And. Uh, uh, it, it 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 sort of I, I am kind of you know and and just I don't know I, that that image of the from the poster has always it's really never failed to to work you know oh it's it's so classic it's I love it it's very again a lot of that says you know like I look at that and I can say Gamma World by looking at that you know I could look at this and go yep Gamma World some kind of robot creature on some kind of mutant horse with a uh, gun. I, I will point out sir that over on Deviant Art um, somebody has made a Necron 99 custom action figure oh nice so with joints and you know uh, 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 oh I think I've seen that it looks like it's the, the chest it looks like it's like, it looks like it's probably an old Rocketeer figure or something right. Uh, no, not this one. Uh, I have seen some that looks like people where people have um, uh, done them where it looks like uh, maybe they were modding an old um, uh, uh, World War II action figure. But the uh, the one that I'm seeing on DeviantArt really looks like uh, uh, really looks like it's the um, uh, uh, that it's um, yeah, Joe. <laughs> well, that somebody has built it themselves from scratch. Okay. You know, it's not as attractive. It's not as interesting as attractive as the Necron 99 um, uh, full-size figure mounted on its on its steed. You know, but it's still pretty good. So, uh, but also, like I said, they came out with a role-playing game uh, for it. I flipped through it a little bit. Again, they've extrapolated a lot to create the whole mythology. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, for the thing, you know, they had to, they had to, they had to create a mythos for it, you know. Yeah, geeks want to know. You know, and uh, you know the the cover art is pretty good, but once you get to the unfortunately when you get to the interior art, ooh, a lot of it's bad. It's like bad, like 
like even worse than some of the bad D and D art you had. I mean, I mean, I mean, mind you, I can't draw more than stick figures, but I mean, a lot of the art is stuff like that. Okay, I can see it from here, and yeah, it's it's uh, no, that's it, not good. It, a lot of it's like that. It's just horrible. It's bad artwork. It's like I'd rather have nothing. And it, you know, some of it gets a little better, but overall, it's just horrible artwork. Um, it, ba you know, it's it's. Skill systems and more, charts. More, and, more budgetary problems. Yeah, more budgetary. They spent all the money on the on the cover, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I mean, it goes into the different character types that you had, and it seems like the universe takes place before the big battle because Scorch is still there, uh, Black Wolf. So it seems to be like you know, pre-giant war, you know. But all the characters are there. The main characters, you know, it has Avatar and Eleanor and. Um, the types of classes, you know, there's no, like I said, there's, no, there's no humans in there. There's just uh, elves and gnomes and uh, things like that. Hmm? Sorry. Uh, okay. Apparently I was being called by a charity. Oh, okay. Well, fuck them. So, yeah, they don't need <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it goes into the basic, you know, the world of the game, and it basically pulls heavily from that. Then they had a couple of sort they had a couple of source books out, one for Montagar and one one for, you know, Montagar. One, you know, there's a more even more comical version of Yeah, Avatar's Avatar. looking look a little butch in that one. Looks um, looks a little Disney in there. But yeah. um, and then Scorch so they so so they have, you know, two they have source books for the two lands. I mean, they did, you know, a lot of stuff, you know. There's um, they also they also had a a big packet of character sheets and a game master screen with an adventure in there, like a lot of the early gaming companies did. They had game master screens with uh, with adventures in them. Mm -hmm. So um, so they you know so uh, an introductory adventure in there. So get you started. So I mean anyway, they came out with it in 1992. So they also did Mutazoids. Uh, so again, again, it must have been popular enough if they, uh, you know, created a game based on it, and you know, Rouse even got his um, his blessing. He's like, oh, they did a great job with it, you know, da 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 da, -da. you know, uh, posted in here somewhere. So, so he he gives his he gives his uh, uh, his blurb his appropriate blurb for the cover. Yep, as sure. opposed to the one that says, "Bastards, you screwed it all up." Nobody, you're not supposed to do that. And if you if you do think that about your product based on your work, you the people doing the new product probably shouldn't put that on the cover. No. So it's uh you know I said it was popular enough to create a game based on it. Um I think you can still track it down. I got it off of eBay. It's it's around in uh I am so out of focus. It's around on uh it's around different places you can find it. There was even some supplementary material that came out that was like in an, an old uh, different worlds magazine or something. You know so people so actually people actually put some other. Uh, uh, content out for it at one point, so. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I, 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 it's one of these things that you know, even though it's even cheaper and crappier uh, than you know, plenty of things out there. Um, it all Wizards always gets uh, sort of a pass on one level, and that, okay, it may not be completely original, although honestly, Nazis and post-apocalyptic mutant Nazis. Demons from Hell with Wizards is relatively, that's relatively original. Um, it still gets points for that. They did a good job. It's just a film that does a great job 
recycling some some tropes in a way that comes off and uh, uh, is not tiresome. I guess. Yeah. You know? um, and certainly, certainly, it's one of those things where people went later, and 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 it, it itself has been ripped off over the years. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's another it's another survivor from our childhood. Um, oh yeah, I mean, I probably didn't first see it until. You know, I probably didn't first see it until maybe the early '80s. You know, myself. Okay. So, I am sure I saw it in the theaters. I, I'm positive that I did. Um, at the Interstate Six Theater, right next to 436 and Interstate Four. Yeah, because you would have. Uh, yeah, you would have been what in '77. '77, uh, I would have been 11 years old. 11. So, which apparently was old enough to go to the be, be sent to the sent to the movie theaters. With a pocket full of dollars and, you know... Well, I mean, you're also probably a giant at 11, too, so they probably, you know... <laughs> it's like, don't get killed, come back for dinner. You know, that was... We'll come back and get you, you know, whatever. And the Interstate Theater, the thing that I always remember about the most about it was that it was there's six theaters, it was in this, you know, crappy shopping mall, and sure enough, uh, across, right next to it, was a giant video game... Uh, Parlor, the arcade. It was it was at a giant video game arcade. So the parents could drop us off there with you know ten dollars and the quarters, and we could we could uh, depending on our skill levels we could waste the afternoon. You want well, that, 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 that was a proper uh, you know there was one of those out where I lived in Carl Springs. It was a low it was it was this old dead mall. Well, it became a dead mall, but there was a Lowe's movie theater there that we'd go to, and there was an arcade right next to it. You know, so I was like, go play in the arcade game. Hey, let's go get our movie ticket, see the movie, and afterwards, is the arcade still good? Let's go play some more video games. You know, that's. Yep, yeah, that was that's a, that was a Saturday afternoon, kids. If you're wondering how Grandpa and Grandma spent their time, we used to be a pocket full of jingling quarters, going back and forth from, you know, the Lowe's Cinema. Uh, I, I think I think that's the same theater that I saw. Message from space. Which we're not doing uh, bad Japanese uh, Star Wars ripoff uh, reviews, but somebody should because Message from Space is one of the great bad movies of all time. And I mean, it, I mean, it is out in the theaters 15 minutes after Star Wars. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like there, it's it's only out the door a few minutes before, bam! Message from Space. Uh, shows up immediately um, and is terrible and is like a Toho sort of Godzilla studio science fiction epic. I haven't seen it in years. Part of me wants to go back and look just to see how terrible it was. I remember even as a kid, eleven you years you, old. You, you don't want to do that, I'm sure. It's <laughs> I got I don't have a hard enough time tracking down movies that are good. I just I just got around to seeing Guardians of the Galaxy last night. I still so, haven't. I still haven't seen that. So, uh, it looks good, but boy, you know, it feels like it needed a big screen. I think it feels like I, maybe I should have seen it on the big screen, because there's a lot of crap going on. Um, there's sometimes a lot of stuff going on in the edges uh, of the screen that maybe I would have gotten a better read on if I could have <laughs> read what it said. Things like that. Um, altogether, you know, I'll give Guardians of the Galaxy the thumbs up. I, I enjoyed it. I don't think I would have felt ripped off if I saw it on a big screen. Oh, well, that, that's no, something to be said. But anyway, so Wizards. So uh, that's that's Wizards for you, folks. Um, classic, cult classic, you know, 
vaguely post-apocalyptic because the apocalypse happened millions of years before. This is the world that's after a little bit of magic. And like how I said, you know, I ranted about last show. I don't like magic and you know magical apocalypses. Well, this is a magical apocalypse. You know, there's a magic after the apocalypse. But again, it's a cult classic. There's definitely an apocalypse because, you know, the ancient society, the technology, the battle between good and evil, technology and magic and nature and... Mutants! Mutants. So it's, yeah, I said, it's, 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 uh, it's a decent film. You know, I've gone back to it many times myself because, again, it's one of those classics that you just kind of always watch. You know, you don't, wa you don't watch it that often. Like, yeah. I, just, I just saw it again. I probably won't watch it again for quite some time, you know, but... You always, oh, you always come back to it. i got to throw this out. I just remembered about the casting. Um, uh, Bill Holt, who played Avatar, is a guy who's done a million voice acting things over the years, a lot of animation. He turns up in, um, I think he's the star-bellied Sneetches, but he's the Lorax. The guy who played Avatar is the Lorax in the uh, Dr. Seuss animated show from the hmm. TV, not the one that was done on for the movie, but he's the Lorax, and if you, which is odd because the Lorax looks a little bit like um, Avatar, mm -hmm. including the mustache. But the other animated thing I wanted to point out is Richard Romanos is Harry Canyon in the heavy metal movie. Oh, nice. He's the cab driver from that story. So just figure I want to throw those two out because... Yeah, just about everybody who did this film got work. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of people. I I would never have guessed uh, Proval and uh, Richard Romanos at all uh, as 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 being in this film from their voices, but there they are. So, so it gets a it gets a thumbs up from both of us. Uh, it's definitely good. You know, if you've never seen it before. It's worth a look. Again, if you're, you know, half our age and you're going to see this movie, and you're going to go, "Oh, the animation's terrible." You know, it's like, why isn't it like Ghost in the Shell or, uh, <laughs> you know, or um, I don't know, whatever. You know, why isn't it like Cowboy Bebop or uh, Dragon Ball Z or whatever? This new shit, because it was a different fucking era, dude. It was before animation was good. You know. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's a film that I wouldn't mind seeing remade. If somebody came back at, at Wizards with a bigger budget, and, you know, I'd be willing to see what they could do with it. Well, originally it was supposed to, he, he mentioned it was supposed to be a trilogy. What do you do after kill, what do you do after you blow up Scorch 1? What's, uh, what do you do for an encore? I, I don't know, The his evil powers transferred to his, uh, oh, never mind. Um, mm, but uh, apparently there was supposedly a comic book that came out, Wizards 2, that was supposedly to continues the story because he's like, apparently Paramount's, or somebody's been sitting on the next Wizards film and nobody's ever uh, green lit it. And it's like, well, but why are, anyway, so apparently it's supposed to be a trilogy, so there could be another one out there one day. Who knows? But anyway, worth a see. Again, just go in, again, with a grain of salt knowing that, again, it's not, you know, it's not, modern-day standard animation. It was the early day. Now, mind you, I mean, yeah, you could say, well, look at things like the old Tom and Jerry's and Disney, you know, it's like... But again, those are done with a lot of budgets and a lot of money. Yeah, this is, it's all cell animation, but they had the money. They, they spent money on those. Yeah, he, he didn't have a budget. So, uh, he, and he did a great job with, with what he had, absolutely. You know, it's definitely a certain style. Again, I'm just you know warning any of these young generation people might go in and see it might think that's a total piece of crap because 
all they've been exposed to the last, you know, the 10 years that they've been on this earth was to a different standard of stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, again, it's, again, it's a 70s movie, very 70s. The music is very 70s. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. Yeah. So right, did, right, from the, right from the beginning. And I got to tell you, I think the soundtrack's pretty good. Oh, it's not bad. I'm just saying it's very 70s, you know. Yeah. So just be aware of that going into it if you have not seen it. Again, remember, you're going back and watching a film that's almost 30 years old. You know, so um, there you what go. Mean, what do you mean almost? 77 means it's almost 37 years old. It's almost 40 years old. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. Because they had the 30th. <laughs> yeah, because this is the 35th. This is 2012. This is the 35-year uh, edition. Yeah, you're right. Never mind. So, yeah, that's... Yeah, so we're going back 37 years. So. Yeah. Uh, oh boy! Definitely time. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? That means we are old. Yes. Well, we've we've well established that. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you my gout. Time uh, and time again, we've proven how much of crotchety old grog grognards we are. So anyway, yeah. we're, so gonna that's to, we're actually going to have to spend some time and some money uh, pulling out a few more recent. Uh, post-apocalyptic. We'll always see the new post-apocalyptic movie. We'll always see the new uh, post-apocalyptic TV show, but we should probably pull out a couple of books. There yeah, are, we haven't, yeah, we haven't done books in a while. so We should probably try and, uh, after after Shattered, we should probably take a crack at some other new post-apocalyptic series. I mean, if they turn out to be, because I, I, I fear that they will turn out to be somewhere between their survivalist and blank in the ashes, but we we have to continue to expand our repertoire. Yeah, yeah. We must we stay relevant, to. sir. We must stay relevant. Yes, yeah, as relevant as we can be. So there you go, folks. Uh, next show, uh, we're gonna keep back on track for every two weeks. You know, again, it was a little you know wanky during the holidays. Uh, what we're gonna do yet? Don't know. Me and uh, Scott will talk about it offline. We'll make a decision on what we're gonna do, and uh, we'll see you in uh, two weeks. And again, that was Wizards. Again, uh, thumbs up. Check it out. And is that a kitty? That is the kitty. She's been trapped in here the whole time. Hello, kitty cat. That, that, that is the cat of the apocalypse right there, folks. This right here, yes. This, this, this cat here will definitely, definitely, my, this is my furry overlord. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Scott's lord and master. Uh, yep. So anyway, folks, that's it for us this week. Uh, as, as usual, thank you all for uh, joining us, and remember to uh, watch it on YouTube, and if you, if you watch it on YouTube, remember to like it and remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Podcast, you know, YouTube slash podcast at ground zero. All right, Please folks. Please do. Please do. Subscribe and uh, like. So, this is uh, the Apocalypse Nerd and Adam Bomb Glancy from Podcast at Ground Zero saying good night. Sophie says good night too. Meow. <laughs>